Father, we thank you that, as always, you come uh, in and uh, you dwell in our praises, as your word declares, that you inhabit the praises of your people. And so we know you're here present with us uh, in spirit and in truth. We believe you. And so uh, we just ask that uh, you would open up our eyes and our minds to behold wonderful things from your word. Lord, uh, just uh, the scripture and the teaching this morning would have its purpose. Your word does not return to you void, uh, but it accomplishes the purpose for which you sent it. And so we believe that and receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as a pre-sermon announcement, I do want to pitch again or promote the E100, the Essential 100 Reading uh, the Bible program. There's there's uh, flyers like this in the on the connection counter. You can also access it from our website, and there are even apps for it. <clears throat> there's an app for it. If you have an iPhone or a, any kind of smartphone, they have uh, uversion.com, and uh, it's a uh, it's the 100 most significant. Um, passages from the Bible, especially if you've never read through the whole Bible. This covers like the highlights, so the Reader's Digest version of the Bible. And it's a great way to, uh, to, to track your uh, reading. And if you do it on the computer, if you use the U version, it actually tells you how far you've progressed. And so it's a real easy way. Or if it's been a while since you've read through the Bible, this is a good way to, to get through a summary of, of, the, of some of the main stories so you'll get my references. Um, <clears throat> I encourage you to do that as a new year. All right? Sound good? Amen? Everybody ready? Lift up your hands. Say, thank you, Father, for this new year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now stretch. Ugh. All right, good. Seems like you need to wake up a little bit. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians five, uh, verse seventeen, in the New King James. Going to read this and uh, uh, talk about uh, what it means, how how to apply it in our lives. Um, it says therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now this verse is often used in the context um, of uh, us being ambassadors or being evangelists and telling other people about the good news of Jesus Christ. But that's not what I'm looking at this verse at uh, concerning today. Uh, rather, we want to look at it about uh, to learn or to receive what it says about us and what is true for us uh, in this day and uh, what it means for us and how to apply it in our lives. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And I love this verse around this time of year because it's a new year and <clears throat> Uh, you know, New Year's are, are, are a great opportunity 
to, to look fresh, look anew at your life. And often it's a tradition to set goals or resolutions for the new year. Uh, maybe there's bad habits you want to end or good habits you want to begin, changes in your life. And I thank God that he set up the world in a way that we do get a fresh start every year and that we can set goals and, uh, and there's something measurable that we can use, a calendar, <laughs> to measure how we implement those goals. And the fact is that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. And in the Amplified Version, uh, verse 17 puts, uh, puts it this way. It says, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. A new creation. And what that means is, and the actual word means, it's as though we are a new creature altogether. Alright? A new species. In Christ, when you accept Christ and you're engrafted into Christ, you're joined to the Messiah through covenant relationship, something happens. Alright? It's not a belief system you adopt. It's a transformation to which you become a new creation, a new species of being. <clears throat> no longer fallen. No longer merely human. Alright? A whole new creation. A new form of life. A new spirit that's alive as well as a new body. We're joined spirit. Previously, we had a body. We have the same body. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Parts of it may be new. <laughs> Parts of it are gone. Parts of it have passed away. I'm losing some. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> but it was condemned to death. And our spirit man was actually dead. But when we come to Christ, it's, it's, it's renewed. It's born again. All right. And, and so there's new life within. No longer are we merely a son of Adam, but we're sons of God. Do you realize this? We're sons of God through adoption. We call God Abba Father. But it's not just merely a legal adoption. We're made one in Christ or with Christ. Okay? We share His spiritual DNA. That's what it's meant. There's a blood transfusion. When he died on the cross, and he made that available to each and every person who comes to him, that we're actually transformed, and, and somehow, and, and it's a miracle, it's a mystery, but in faith, through faith, we're transformed, and so that our spiritual DNA is changed, and we become a whole new creation. And commentator Clark says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. It is vain. Empty, worthless, meaningless, for a person to profess affinity to Christ according to the flesh when he, is, he or she is unchanged in his or her heart and life and dead in trespasses and sin. Okay? Just to, just to agree on an intellectual basis is meaningless if there's not true heart and life change is what he's saying. 
For he that is in Christ, that is a genuine Christian, having Christ dwelling in his heart by faith, is a new creature. His old state is changed. He was a child of Satan. He is now a child of God. He was a slave of sin, and his works were death. He is now made free from sin, and his fruit unto holiness, and has his fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. He was before full of pride and wrath. He is now meek and humble. He formerly had his portion in this life and lived for this world alone. He now hath God for his portion. And he looks not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are eternal. Therefore, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now listen, this is an important aspect. It's not that the man, the man is not merely mended. But he is a new maid. He is a new creature. All right. So the act of salvation, when you come to Christ and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life, is not about coming in and fixing where you're broken. All right. It's completely killing you. (laughs) Because you're broken beyond repair. And recreating you in Christ's image. Eternal. Sharing in His DNA. A new creation is what the Greek word means. A little world in Himself. Formerly always in chaotic disorder. Now there is new creation which God Himself owns as His workmanship and which He can look on and pronounce very good. So the picture of the first creation uh, when God created the heavens and the earth and the Spirit brooded over the earth and everything was void and God spoke and brought everything into order. It happens again in us individually when we come in to faith in Christ, when we're in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, verse 18, it says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, the, the main point that I want to communicate this morning and what I hope you, you walk away with is that you are a new creation in Christ. And if, and if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, this starts right now. But maybe you've been a Christian for 20 or 30 years. Guess what? It still has to start right now. Okay? Because it starts anew every day. Every day we renew our commitment. And so the things that happened yesterday, the things that tainted our past, must be brought to Christ so that we are a new creation in Christ. It says in verse 18, Now, when? Now. Now. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Listen, what does it mean now all things are of God? Alright, it means that nothing is exempt in this transaction. Alright, and the transaction between of trading in your old, former, broken, dead life and receiving new life in Christ, becoming a new creation. There's nothing exempt. All things now, not someday, but now, the eternal now. This is the deal. You have to change all that you are now. Yield it to God because it's of God anyway. All things are of God. 
Everything's his to begin with. So we are nothing is exempt from this transaction. We're reconciling who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now, this word reconciliation is kind of interesting. Paul uses um, uh, one of the words he frequently turns to. Uh, it's a Greek word. We translate it reconcile. But it's actually an old term for uh, exchanging uh, currency. Now, how many have ever traveled internationally? And you have to exchange your currency. All right. So it's nice when we go to Canada because we don't really have to. Now it's one for one. It's a, one U.S. dollar equals one Canadian dollar. So it just doesn't even matter. You don't even have to change it. And everybody up there takes, takes American money. But uh, Canadians are often surprised when they come across the border and no one in the, in the U.S. takes Canadian money. I was in a gas station and wouldn't even take a Canadian nickel. I was like, what? <laughs> All right. I remember when we went to Morocco. And I won't try to pronounce the name of their currency because I can never get it right. It started with a D. Durham? Something like that. <laughs> but Morocco, you know, it's a very poor nation. <clears throat> One thing I remember is that we were like pounded. You know, you have to exchange all of your currency before you leave the country. Because as soon as you leave the country, you can't exchange it. It is absolutely worthless. All right, because no one outside of Morocco wants any of them, any of the Durham's Bill Durham. Right. <laughs> it's useless. And, and I knew that in my head. But for some reason, I thought for sure on the boat going across, I'd be able to use some of the, the Moroccan money. But as soon as the boat left the port, they would not take any of this Moroccan money <clears throat> because it's absolutely useless outside of the country. So you had to change it for euros. And then change the euros to dollars once you got into Spain. Um, and, and, and it's a great uh, illustration of the transaction that happens. All right. Currency in one nation has value. But when you go into another nation, that currency has no value whatsoever. And there has to be a transaction. And, and, and I still have some of that Moroccan money stuck in a desk. It's absolutely worthless. Whatever money I use to exchange to get it, I no longer have. It is no good to me other than a memory. All right? A small souvenir. And that's the same idea that, that Paul is using to express the transaction that we're reconciled to God. We're exchanged, just like currency exchange, completely transformed. And our old self has no value in this new kingdom. All right. But he's translated us. He's made this transaction where he's taken us in our old condition and given us uh, and recreated us into something completely new that has value, that is, it has the value of Christ's own blood in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> All right. And the thing is, that's why we don't want to hang on to anything from our past life, because it has no value. There's absolutely no worth. And in fact, it's worse than that. Because if we hang on to remnants of our old life, character traits, ideas, beliefs, lifestyle patterns that were part of our broken nature, they become cancerous. You know? How many have diagnosed? And, you know, we've had people diagnosed with cancer. And it's a tremendous process to go through, uh, you know, uh, the the procedure and the chemo and radiation. 
<clears throat> my stepfather had uh, both lung cancer and a brain tumor and had chemo and radiation and he was cured of both of them. When you go through cancer, it's not like, well, I want cancer cured from most of my body, but I'd like some kept in my hand. You know, just, just as a, you don't want that, do you? Right? You want it all gone because it spreads. Well, that's, that's what the old lifestyle is like. We, and that's the work that Christ came to do. Not to transact, not to change part of us. Or a little here or a little there. It must be a total exchange, a total renewal, a whole new life. Everything that was is gone. Behold, all things are new. Um, <clears throat> nothing can be held on to. And we're reconciled to himself through Jesus Christ. I love this passage. All right. See, to God, it's not a changing of our ideas or our belief system or even our behavior. It's a reconciliation of relationship to Him, to God, through Jesus Christ. So it's a personal reconciliation. All of us probably have been in a relationship that broke down for some reason. There was a fence. Somebody said or did something. And now you can't be around that person. You can't even talk to him. Maybe you haven't talked to this person for years. A relative who's, who's, who doesn't even return your phone calls. And the pain that that brings. Well, that's magnified a million times in our relationship with God through sin. And that there's a complete breakdown. But God's work of restoration, of new creation, is to re- reconcile us into relationship with Him, the Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ. So it's personal to the Father. The whole pr- process of salvation and Christianity is so that you and the and Father in Heaven can get along together really well. So that you, can be, uh, that you can receive His love and that you can love Him in return, unhindered by any obstacle. And it's accomplished through His Son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Himself is the one that brings you into the Father's presence. Alright? And so your relationship with Jesus Christ is reconciled. With God, everything is personal. Alright? So that means every aspect of your life has to be reconciled and is to be reconciled with Him on a personal level. Alright? He takes everything personally because to him that's what it's all about. All right? He's invested himself into you as an as a person individually. And 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 it's his purpose is to reconcile that relationship so that there's no relational obstacle that you're totally in love and able to receive his love that you're in Christ. That you're actually your life is hidden in Christ. From start to finish, every day. There is no plan B, folks. There is no other way to get around corruption and sin or futility of this life. There is no other access into eternal life other than reconciliation of relationship through faith, other than being transformed into a new creation, other than giving in all of your old life and not hanging on to any of it and allowing Christ to exchange that for a whole new currency, a whole new uh, 
uh, value system. All right. Revelation is going <clears> to <throat> read this also because this is a uh, in Revelations 21. We see uh, uh, the Apostle John uh, kind of sees this happening, the fulfillment of it. Uh, Revelations 21, verse one through eight in the New King James says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw holy, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for the, her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. This is the ultimate end. This is where we're headed. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give the fountain of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. John saw the fulfillment of this promise that all things are being made new. All right? What begins now by faith in Christ Jesus, what we see in part and experience in part in this life, will certainly and truly come to completion. All right. John saw it. There is a day when it will no longer be in part, but it will be complete. The whole world will be transformed at Christ's return. John basically saw the trailer. All right. To the final episode of the world as we know it. He foresaw it. He had a vision of this happening in completion. But everything that happens then, we're actually promised now. All right. We're supposed to begin to live in that fulfillment now. It's not like we believe in Jesus and wait for Jesus to to do it. We believe and we begin to live in that reality now. Romans 11, 22. And and I I read verse 8 on purpose because it is severe. Uh, Romans 11, 22 says, Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell, severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. All right. That verse eight of those who are cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars. Those are people who didn't exchange all. Who tried to uh, hang on to a little bit of their former life thinking it had some value. And if you hang on to it, it takes over. It becomes an idol uh, to which you give your true loyalty. And God is a jealous God. 
You, you can't live in eternity and be a liar. You can't live in eternity with God and be a liar, all right, or a murderer or sexually immoral because, because those things don't exist in God's presence, all right? <clears throat> those who are described in verse 8, rather than being delivered from death, sorrow, crying, and pain, actually are delivered unto them eternally, all right? And it's not because God rejects them but because they rejected God. Right? It's not because God rejects, because God accepts everyone who comes, anyone who's thirsty. I will give freely the water of life, that water that transforms our very nature and character, that changes us, that creates a new person in us. That's, there's no cost to that. He gives it to us freely. All you have to do is come. And we are to live in that state uh, now, all right? In that renewed being, that new creature, our commandment, all right? Our calling, our destiny is to live now as new creations and exchange completely any attribute that's within us. We need to yield it to God. Turn it in and, and accomplish a full transaction and allow the living water and His nature to completely transform us so that now all things are of God. So that all things in me are of God. That I am a completely renewed creature. And if you find any aspect of your life that, that, that reflects the old nature, you cut it off. Because, because it, 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 is, it just doesn't... It's no longer part of you. It doesn't, it doesn't take discipline or willpower. It's like, ah, what is that? Some skeleton from the past. That's no longer part of me because you're enraptured. You've been transformed. You're fixated on the new creation, the new life that's in you. Verse 6 in Revelation says, He said to me, it is done. It's accomplished. Does that sound familiar? So Jesus said on the cross, because that's the it is done that that's referring to. It was finished on the cross. And when we embrace the finished work of what Christ accomplished on the cross, we can live now in that future fulfillment. It says, I am the Alpha, the beginning and the end. The, uh, I am the, uh, and I will give the fountain of life to him who... Uh, freely to him who thirsts. We must live in the it is done state as new creations. All right. <clears throat> as, as this new little world in and of ourselves cre- recreated in Christ, we can exist in a, in a renewed state completely now because Christ is in us and we are in Christ. We're new creations and God can look down on us and say, ah, that's very good. All right? And so the new year is an opportunity to make this change. And I really feel God uh, put on my heart to emphasize that this change has to happen on a fundamental level, on, on a basic level. All right? uh, so, so like, think of it as going down and, and allowing the change to occur on, almost, on, on a DNA level, okay? on a cellular level. Alright? Every aspect. Don't think of just the outside aspects, the peripheral aspects of your life. 
allow the change, allow the words, it is done, it is accomplished, to go deep in your heart. Don't let them be a seed that's in shallow soil. Allow the roots to grow deep all the way down so that you can experience that renewal, that promise, so that you can live it eternally. I'm going to close with a video. Turn off the stage lights and let's just watch this video. I think it's a good portrayal of the promise that Christ has given us. Amen. Let's just uh, close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for the word this morning and just the transformation that you offer us, God, through your son Jesus, his death and resurrection, God, and what it can mean for us that we are a new creation, um, that every part of us can be something new. Lord, I just pray you'd seal up the, the word in our hearts and in our spirits, God, and give us the strength and grace um, to implement it, to Submit to that transformation. In Jesus' name, amen.